Easter, everybody. He's risen. All right. Woo. I think this is going to be an okay day. Man. Mr. Rogers, got to hang up my coat over there. Half of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Lan, thank you so much. So great meeting so many of you, greeting so many of you, just walking in. And it is, it's like, I can't believe, like this day is just a great day. And it's a great day every year, which is awesome. It really is. And we are excited to share it with you this morning. So um, got a great, uh, want to make sure our ending is super cool for this time for you and God as we engage with him, this living God who's with us right now. So I'm going to go ahead and just share a few announcements with you so that you can be aware of what's going on here at K2. By the way, you've got a program, lots of stuff in there. Um, our website as well always has things that you need. We also have a K2 app. You know, just lots of different ways for you to get all of the information about everything that's happening here at K2. The one thing I did want to make you aware of is something new that we're doing. Uh, This last year we've been sharing with you, the Bible says over and over again that you should care, that we need to care because God cares for the widow, for the orphan, and for the alien, for the foreigner, and always for the poor. And so we're focusing on that this year, and we have a new thing that we've done. Eric Winter, who's a, who heads up our outreach, has put together this really cool idea. And it's a ministry that we want to do to single parents and to widows. And we have created, okay, there we go, we have created a trailer that is chuck full of anything that you would need to do ministry to somebody's home. Okay, and any one of you can use this. It's full of stuff for painting, minor repairs, yard work, lawn mowing, sprinkler repair, window cleaning, car washing. It's, it's awesome. You open it up and you walk in and everything you need is sitting right there. Here's what we're doing. So we as a staff kind of broke it in. We, we took it to a, a single gal and we went and did a ton of work at her house. We have a small group who one of the members in their group had a neighbor who was a widow. So they took the trailer, dragged it over to her house, and completely did a bunch of renovations for her. We also have a single gal here at K2 that we've been able to do this this for. So here's the idea. If any of you ever want to just bless somebody who's a single parent or a widow, you can use this thing. It is there for your use. We, and our real goal is to say that our Life Together groups would be able to take advantage of this resource, okay? And so all you need is a truck or some, some sort of vehicle that has a hitch on it. You can hack, uh, pull up the, the trailer and take it and totally bless somebody. So we also want to let you know, if that's you, if you find yourself or if you know somebody who has a real need We would love to be able to offer this for you. This is why we did it. We are ready to bless you, okay? So all you have to do is email outreach at k2thechurch.com, okay? Write that down, outreach at k2thechurch.com. And either either you can email us and tell us, hey, we're a group that would love to use this, or you can let us know if you have a need, all right? So that's one really, really cool thing that we're beginning to do here. Also want to let you know, in a couple weeks, um, we have a, have a great night uh, planned with a, with a concert, the Mass Choir. If you were here, how many of you were here on Good Friday? Okay. 
sweet. So the choir that was here uh, will be here again on Sunday night, the 30th, okay? So put that in your calendar. If you, weren't, if you didn't show up to the last time they were here, uh, their concert's called In Accord, and it's a fantastic night. I wanted to let you know about that. All right. And before I jump into the message as well, we're going to go ahead and just take our offering, again, so we can keep the end of the service special. So if you came today and you're prepared to give, and let me just share again why we do this. Today, what we're celebrating is God's greatest gift to mankind. God so loved the world that he gave. And what you realize is when the more you get to know God, you realize that's just what he's like. So Christians, as we'll get to today, are those who've received the Spirit of God. So when you receive the Spirit of God, you automatically be start to become like him. And so you become generous and you give. And God says, so here's what I want you to do. Just give me one out of those 10 that I'll give you. Give me that 10% back, and I will use that as the resource to totally bless the world, okay? So if you've come prepared to give, go ahead and do that. Again, I always tell most of us are just doing it online these days. And uh, you can, that's what my wife and I do. Just set it up through your bank account or online services here at K2. All right? So as the offering is being taken, I'm going to go ahead and jump in to this message. So how many of you have done some yard work already? Yes. I knew, I, I knew this must be okay when my 12-year-old daughter even was excited to actually do some yard work, <laughs> okay? And so, what was that? Oh, I called her 12, she's 14. <laughs> Would anybody like to be my bodyguard when I go home this afternoon? I think it's because I was looking at my son who's 12 right here. That must have been it. So we spent some time working in the yard yesterday, right? And, and when you do that, the spring, it's kind of weird because you come out and so much of your yard just kind of looks dead, right? I mean, we have a lot of our dead stuff that we were getting out and trying to prepare. And our hope is that the way things are right now, that they don't need to be that way. That's kind of what we're doing, right? I mean, spring is this amazing time. And, you know, we planted all these bulbs, and, and that's the beautiful thing about spring as well, is you, you get done with winter, and everything is completely barren, and yet the way that things are right now is not the way that they need to be. So you dug a hole, you put something in, and you buried it because you believed that it was going to come up and it was going to be beautiful in the way that it was is gonna be different. So it's spring, and as you guys know, I'm totally into sports. Any other sports lovers? Okay, I just need to make sure I'm not alone. So, and as you guys know, I'm, uh, my, I, I am a Detroit Lions fan. It was funny, I was riding my bike just this week, and I had my Detroit Lions hat on, and a guy goes, hey, Lions fan. I go, yeah. I go, you are, you're one too? He goes, yes, I think there's like five, you know? And it's great because when you run into him, you know, he's bemoaning and we're all sharing the pain. But what's so cool is the draft happens in less than two weeks. And for Lions fans, the draft means the way things are, are not the way they need to be. This is the most exciting time as a Lions fan. Because you hope that it'll be different. Because someday we want to win the Super Bowl. How many of you guys watched the Super Bowl this year? Okay. Now, how many of you are really bumming that the Patriots won? 
Yeah. But I will say, what an amazing game. 28 to 3 in the second half. 28 to 3. And you knew, if you're a football fan, if you're trying to play and you're down 28 to 3 in the second half, you know you know you have no shot. But the way things are, <laughs> they don't need to be, and they won. Jazz were in the playoffs, they won, right? So they won last night. So here's what's good for Jazz fans. In a series, a seven-game series in the NBA, any team that's ever been down 0-3 in a seven-game series, not one team has ever won it. If you go 0-3, you're toast in the NBA. Now, in baseball, 34 teams have been down 0-3. 28 of those lost the next game. What's that mean? Because when you're down 0-3, you're pretty much saying, we're toast. We're done. And you don't have any momentum. You don't have any energy. You go in the fourth game, and you lose. 33 of them out of the 34 lost the series, which means what? There's one team. The way things are, they don't need to be. Boston. Versus New York. Their nemesis. They're down 0-3. And they're down 4-3 in the ninth inning. With two outs. They're done. They're toast. But what happens? They actually score, right? They score in the ninth inning against Mariano Rivera. Ed. I mean, seriously, the best reliever in all of baseball, you're down. You don't have a chance. And they hold on. And then in the 12th inning, David Ortiz hits a home run. They win. And they go on to sweep the next three games. That's phenomenal, right? Unbelievable. The way things are, they do not need to be. So, how does Easter morning start off? Small group of men and women had followed a Jewish rabbi for three years. They watched him heal diseases, have authority over nature. They watched him turn water to wine, feed 5,000, have authority over the demonic world, raise a dead Lazarus to life. They listened to him teach with authority like no one else ever had, words that were at times beyond their ability to understand, and at the same time, somehow were giving life to their soul. They, they were seen at their core, somehow Jesus could pierce right down to who they were, and somehow in the midst of being known, they were loved even deeper. They were convinced that he was the Messiah. They saw too much to not believe it wasn't true. The one sent by God to restore Israel. They were so excited, they believed in him. Palm Sunday a week ago, the, bomb, the branches were, were raised and everybody was celebrating. This is Jesus, he's our king. I don't know if they got the idea that he was riding a donkey. Because he was gonna be a different kind of king. So this one that they gave their life to, 
They watched be arrested, unfairly judged, condemned to die, brutally, savagely beaten, crucified in front of everyone for the whole world to see. Done. Dead. It's over. John 20 said Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? Hello? <laughs> you guys ever like really read the Bible? Like, hello, McFly? Are you kidding me? Why am I crying? He died and he's gone. John 20, 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. They killed him. They're going to kill us too. Huge fear. We're dead. But the way things are, they do not need to be. Mary's weeping. And then it says, at this she turned around and she saw Jesus <laughs> standing there. But she didn't realize it was Jesus. <laughs> and then he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Now, isn't Jesus hilarious? <laughs> he, he, I just, he, was he just having fun? Was he just sitting there kind of like, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> Who is it you're looking for, he asked. <laughs> like, thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. And then Jesus said her name. Mary. And she turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So funny, when I, when I prepare messages, I have this, there's this cool website, and I can put five different versions of the scripture, you know? I, one of the versions says, when, the, when they saw him, the disciples were glad. <laughs> I'm like, what a horrible translation! Our Savior's alive! Oh, hi, Jesus. Really nice to see you, right? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. This had to be a celebration that blew away Boston. They must have been freaking out, overjoyed. Why? Because the way things are, they do not need to be. What is true of Jesus Christ because of the resurrection? You guys know, man, this is the foundation of our faith. Christianity did not start because Jesus had some really good teachings. It started because he rose from the dead. 
the first time Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, addresses them, here's what he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. <laughs> this is, you guys know this, man. You saw him do all these miraculous things. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Isn't that amazing? See, we always say, well, who killed Jesus? Well, it was the Romans. No, who killed Jesus? It was the Jews. No, who killed Jesus? It was his dad. This was his plan the whole time. And then he says, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because, I love this, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Unbelievable. Why? Because Jesus had power over sin. No sin in him. Absolute oneness with God. Every time he was ever tempted, he said no, and he always said yes to his father. So he had power over sin, which means then he had power over death. Because sin, the, the wage of sin is death. But if you, haven't, if you haven't earned the wage of sin, then you can't die. And so there was power to raise him from the dead. Supernatural and divine. Now I know many people just can't buy it. Well, that's because it's, nat- it's not natural. <laughs> but Jesus isn't natural. He's the son of God and he rose again. And the disciples were different. Now they're different. You know why? Because now they knew that the way things are are not the way they need to be. Yes, so we could just celebrate and go, woohoo, let's sing some more. That Jesus died and rose again. But here's what we got to address this morning why? Why? Why is this so great? that Jesus Christ died and rose again. So here's my question for you this morning. If it's true that the way things are, they don't need to be, how are things? How you doing? How are things right now with you? How are things in your soul? Any anxious people in here today? You don't, don't raise your hand on any of these, okay? <laughs> Anybody filled with anxiety, though, or fear? Anybody empty? Today, just feeling unfulfilled? How about anybody in here got any guilt or shame? Carrying stuff from your past? No freedom. Anybody frustrated? Super frustrated. Maybe at yourself because you're addicted to stuff and you can't beat it. How are things? The way things are, they don't need to be. So how are things not only in your soul, how are things in your relationships? Now really don't raise your hands on these ones. Anybody got any tension going on? Maybe between you and the person you're sitting next to this morning. Any fights, quarrels? Anger, any bitterness, any division or brokenness. 
How are things? How are things in the world? We won't even go there. How are things at your home, in your workplace? How are things right here with K2? And how are things in your neighborhood in Salt Lake City? Why is it important that we talk about Easter? Because the way things are in your soul and the way things are in your relationships and the way things are in our city, they don't need to be. Easter is a time of hope. So let me just share with you how things are by God's perspective, okay? So I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna share any of my opinions, I'm gonna share with you what God says. He goes, let me just tell you how things are, okay? It's Ephesians chapter two, starting with verse one. <clears throat> it says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, this is always kind of a weird thing. In fact, someday I really wanna study this even more so in depth. What, how, how in the world can you be alive, right? Like walking and breathing and yet be called dead? Because this is what, what the Bible tells us. You were dead, spiritually. So if you're dead, what does that mean? It means there's no life, okay? So if there's no life, there's no power, okay? There's no energy, no ability to respond or react, right? I remember walking into the hospital room and seeing my mom after she died. She was not going to respond to our voice or our touch ever again. Because when you're dead, you can't respond. You can't react. So, what God's telling us is, once you were dead, not physically, spiritually, once you were at a point where in your spirit, you couldn't react, and you couldn't respond to God. You couldn't respond to spiritual things, you didn't do it. So it's the absence of real life. You're separate from the source of life. You can't respond to him. So once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, I don't, I, don't, I don't do what God says, I don't respond to him, and so I'm separated from him. And then verse two says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. See, so there it is. You, you refuse to obey God. Well, when you don't obey God, that means God's like, hey, I'm over here, come follow me. No, I'm not gonna follow you. That means you're separated from God. And if he's life, that's what he's saying. Now you're dead. So then he goes, all of us, verse three, all of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By nature, we were children of wrath, just like everyone else. In this verse, it says, by very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But the actual Greek says, by nature, we were children of wrath. So what does he mean by this? He goes, the way things are. God's going, let me just tell you the way things are. Everybody, at some point, is spiritually dead, and you can't respond to me. But here's what's interesting, you guys. The Bible says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So here's a question you gotta ask today on Easter. First thing you gotta ask is, how are things in your soul? How are things in your relationship? What are you reaping? 
Are you reaping right now fear and anxiety and emptiness and unfulfillment? Are you, are you reaping right now guilt and shame? Are you reaping the consequences in relationships of tension and conflict and bitterness and unforgiveness? See, this is what happens. So when God says, you're dead, he's going, there is a way to live. And it's my way. But if you can't respond to me, then look what happens to your soul. You end up living, you're alive, but you're dead. You're alive, but your relationships are dead. It's so, you're 0-3 in a seven-game series with two outs in the ninth. But the way things are, they do not need to be. Listen to me. Whatever is in your heart and soul today, what's ever happening in your relationships today, it doesn't have to be that way. So when things, when the way things are, okay, when you're in a situation and you don't like them the way things are, you don't like them and you don't want them to be this way, did you guys know you can actually do something about that? (laughs) Right? You can actually do something about that. We always, right? Insanity is wanting a different result but doing the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing but hope it gets better. It doesn't happen. But here's what can happen. When you don't like things the way that they are, and you decide to do something with it, about it, it's called an uprising. <laughs> you can actually have an uprising, which means a revolt. You can revolt against the way things are. It's called a revolution. It's when you refuse to acknowledge someone or something as having authority resulting in a forcible overthrow of that power in favor of a new system. So when, when any time there's ever been a revolution or a revolt or any type of uprising, it's because you're refusing to acknowledge someone or something as having authority. You finally are going to break free and say, you know what? No to that power. No to that government. No to that oppression. Okay? Now what did we just read in Ephesians chapter 2? There is a commander of the powers of the unseen world. There is a, the real version in the Greeks, it means the prince of the power of the air. Here's what Jesus is trying to help you understand. There is a realm you can't see, and it's real. You are a spiritual being as much as you are a physical being. And there is a commander, there is an enemy, and he has power, and he has authority. And he is the one who's at the depth of moving people who disobey God. So, in Ephesians 6, when it talks about, he goes, our struggle, you guys, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a spiritual battle going on. And here's what's cool, man. And you can have an uprising against that power. You can revolt against what's making you say no against God. And you know what Easter is? Here's what Easter is. Easter is the uprising. It is. Easter is the revolt. Okay? Why? Because the way things are, if you're finding yourself, I can't follow God, well, welcome to the human race. It doesn't have to be that way. Why? Because then look what it says in verse 4. God is so rich in mercy 
and he loved you so much that even though you were dead because of your sin, couldn't respond to God, he gave you life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You know what's so cool? You know what Easter is, you guys? It's not your uprising. It's God's. God looked at the way things were, and he said, I don't want them to be this way. God said, I don't want them to be this way. God was saying, I love you so much. I hate the fact that your soul is empty. I hate the fact that you're in fear and anxiety. I hate the fact that your relationships are in tension and that you are bitterness and you're, you're a slave to unforgiveness. I hate that. He goes, I hate the way things are. So he did an uprising. And he says, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. Look at this. It goes on to say, it is only by God's grace that you've been saved. You know what that means? By God's grace, it's a gift. <laughs> it's just a gift. Come on, here's what I'm, I'm going to give you a chance at the end of the day today to say, do you want the gift? Do you want the gift of an uprising in your soul against the way things are? Against your loneliness, against your anxiety, against your fear, against your addiction, against your, all of the conflict that's going on. Do you want that to happen? See, the way things are, they don't need to be. You can, even though you're dead, you can receive eternal life. You put your trust in Christ, you receive him into your life, and here's what's crazy, and this is what Christianity is. I'm so glad for you guys who were just visiting. Here's my one shot to tell you if you never come back. Christianity is not a bunch of people trying to be better. Christianity is not a bunch of people trying to be good enough to please God. You're never a Christian, really, until there is a spiritual transaction, until you receive the Spirit of God into your life. There becomes a spiritual union with Christ. What did the verse say? Along with Christ, he says he raised us. Okay, so 2,000 years ago, Jesus raised, but he says, and God raised us from the dead, along with Christ, and he seated us with him Okay, this is so crazy, so supernatural. Jesus, please help this make sense. He seated us with him in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ Jesus. You know, here's, what, here's what's cool. Right now, I'll just talk for myself. Right now, I received Christ years ago I'm united with him right now. But here's, the, here's what's weird, is Jesus, because he's beyond time, when he died and when he rose again, when I got united with Christ, I get to take advantage of his death and his resurrection. In other words, what happened to Jesus happens to me. Look at this. In, in Colossians, it says, the glorious riches of the mystery, and by the way, this is a mystery you can't figure out. It actually has to be revealed to you. The, the glorious riches of the mystery is Christ in you. The risen, living Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now here, what does that mean? That means what's true of him becomes true of you. 
Now, let me ask you a question. What's this jacket been doing here? The whole service. What's it been doing? Nothing. Right? It's not doing anything. Why isn't it doing anything? Because there's no life in it, right? <laughs> this thing is dead. But here's what's cool. Now, just bear with me with this illustration. I've been thinking this all week. What the Bible says is the beauty of Jesus Christ, and when you put your faith in him, is you receive Christ, and now Christ is inside you. Now, here's what's crazy. Now, whatever I do, what's the coat doing? Look at now the coat's over here. And it couldn't do that before. Because it was just sitting there by itself. It was dead. It had no power. It had no energy in and of itself. And that's what he's telling you. Spiritually, you can't experience God. Because you're dead. But once you receive Christ, the risen Christ comes in and he goes, I come inside you. His spirit gets inside your spirit. And if Jesus wants to do this, guess what you do? (laughs) Then you do it. And now Christ, who's full of love and joy and peace and purpose, who's a servant, who's generous, who sacrifices himself for others, gets inside of you. So you now can have joy and can have peace and have strength and can have his wisdom and can have his mind. You now can love your wife and sacrifice yourself for her. You now can love your husband and believe in him and honor him because Christ is in you and he loves everybody around you. Now, now, now I can finally be alive to God. I could never do it by myself. But if Jesus is inside me, he can. Why? Romans 6, 5 says this. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So in chapter 6, verse 10, it says, the death Jesus died. Okay, I know I'm sweating like a pig, so I'm going to take this off. You guys got the illustration, right? All right. The death he died, that Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. Okay, what what does that mean? Here's Here's a great verse. In Colossians, it says that Jesus disarmed the powers and the authorities. Okay? Those spiritual powers that work against you, that make you, that move you to be disobedient to God, Jesus disarmed them. Isn't that a great word picture? Taken all your power away. And he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once for all. Here's what Jesus did. He paid, when he was dying, he paid the price for sin. Sin, the wage you earn, is death because it keeps you separated from God. So when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying the price, and you were united with Christ when he died, which means what? Your sin was paid for. When Jesus took on the penalty of sin, you are united with Christ, and your penalty for sin is paid. The death he died, he died to sin once for all.
all, okay? And here's the other thing. The death he died, he died to sin. He had power over sin. He had no sin, as I said before. So in him, so death couldn't keep him down. So he rose from the dead, right? Well, now if you're identified with Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin. Since he had power over sin, and now you're identified with Christ, now you can have power over sin. It no longer has dominion over you. This is what happens when you receive Christ because Christ had victory on the cross. He disarmed the power of sin. So you get inside him and it's like, oh, sweet. I'll put this back on. Sweet. Jesus paid it. My price is paid. As I said on Good Friday, I am at peace with God. But it goes on to say the life he lives, he lives to God. See, the resurrection revealed that he is alive today. He didn't die. He rose from the dead. They watched him ascend into heaven, which shows us, again, that there's something beyond this world that you better be ready for. And Jesus is alive right now. And his life is always a life lived to God. See, because what was dead? When you're dead, you can't respond to God. You're dead. But Jesus was alive. You know what Jesus was? Jesus was like hypersensitive to every little touch of God. He could feel everything. He had like supernatural spiritual nerve endings. So whenever God moved, Jesus moved. Whenever God spoke, Jesus spoke. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own, but whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. See, that's why he was alive to God. Dead to sin, which is I can't respond to God, alive to God, I always respond to God. See, if you always respond to God, then you are in sync with the creator of the universe who's full of life. And that's what Easter is. That's why we gotta talk about this because that's how he wants you to live. He loves you so much. And though then what does he say? So in the same way, come on guys, all you Christians, listen to this, in the same way, same way as Jesus, count yourself dead to sin. No longer dead to God. I'm not dead to God anymore. I actually feel him now. I can hear him now. Out of the whole series we just did for the last four weeks, I can respond to God. I can say yes to God. I couldn't do it before. Now I can. Come on, man. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. I finally, and you can have it, the power to say yes to God. Oh my gosh. And you know what happens? His spirit gets inside you. And the fruit of his spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. That takes care of how things are in here. And guess what? If you live like that, it starts taking care of your relationships. And you live. Romans 8 says this. If Christ, who rose from the dead, is in you, then even though your body is dead, is subject to death because of sin, because of the way things are, the spirit 
gives life because of righteousness. The way things are, they do not need to be. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Come on, baby. This is not something that just took place 2,000 years ago that we remember and go, wow, what a great guy Jesus was for loving God. This is a eternal reality available to every one of you in this room because he is risen and he is alive right now if his spirit lives in you. So, all you Christians, are you alive? Are you alive? Or are you still spiritually dead? You know, here's what's weird. Because somehow, we can be Christians and yet have no joy, be full of fear and anxiety, bitterness, anger, and then we just go, well, that's just the way it has to be. No! See, this is what I tell you, no! Jesus is saying no! Yeah, but I, I'm just gonna keep on saying, no! Uh-uh. Jesus died to that, so you do the same thing. Consider yourself dead to sin. You have a will now. You have the Spirit of God inside of you who says no to sin and yes to God. And he's in you now. So all of you who are Christians, what does Easter mean for you today? You can walk out of here and go, I'm gonna count myself dead to sin. You are not dead to God anymore. Count yourself dead to sin. And count yourself alive to God. Because his spirit that says yes to God's inside you. Man, I'm telling you, man, the way things are today, this has been so fun for me all week. Oh, and I can't even go into my week. The way things are today, they do not need to be. Because you have Jesus Christ living inside of you. That's why, you guys, so our whole next series, our whole next series is called Uprising. And we say our mission is to invite you into this adventure with God and to equip you. For the next four weeks, we're going to equip you. What does it mean then? If I have this risen Christ, the spirit of God inside of me, and we're going to talk next week, then how do you live that out in your home? Okay, so we're going to, we're going to go right after the, the key element of our society, your home. How do you do that? And then the next week we're going, and how do you do that at work? Because you spend a lot of time at work. How in the world does the spirit of God do an uprising in me so that I can change the way things are at home? How can the uprising of Jesus Christ come up inside of me so I don't like the way things are at work? Well, then change them, right? How do you do that? How can this church become freaking awesome? How can we become a group of people, right, where there's no mediocrity but the risen Christ is inside of us and we don't like things the way they are? Well, then let's do something. And then we're gonna talk about your neighborhood. How can we start affecting the world that you live in all around you and take the uprising of Jesus Christ inside of you? And we don't like things the way they are, then the church should be the one changing it. All right, so that's our next four weeks. We're gonna talk about an uprising because Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, is inside of us. But here, I'm gonna close with this. 
We also are here to invite you. To invite you in to the adventure of following God. To invite you to experience a spiritual transformation in your life so that you are no longer dead and unable to respond to God, but instead you're dead to that. You're dead to sin and you are alive finally to God so that how things are right now, they won't need to be. So how does that work? What you do is you unite your spirit with his. The scripture couldn't be more clear, right? Because you're saved by grace. So this morning you showed up here and I don't think that was by accident. I think God wanted you here and I have, this is the mystery to me too. I, you never know who's actually feeling any tug from God. But if you are this morning, I wanna tell you it's because he loves you and he cares about your soul and he cares about your life and he cares about your relationships and he cares about your eternity. And so this morning, I believe Jesus Christ wants to do an uprising in you. He wants to come against what's been keeping you from knowing God. And so all he says is, all you gotta do is believe what you just heard. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and receive him into your life. This is all John chapter one, verse 14. If anyone believes in him, if anyone receives him, then God gives you a right to become a child of his, born of his spirit. And you know what happens? You receive Christ, you receive forgiveness because now he's in you and all of your past, no more guilt, man, no more shame, no more condemnation, you are forgiven. And you'll receive his spirit the one that rose Christ from the dead to empower you to be who he created you to be. So here's what I'd love to do. Go ahead, and if you just close your eyes, I'm gonna ask the band to come out. God, we praise you this morning for your great love for us. We praise you because you looked at our situation and you said, the way things are, are not okay with me. We praise you this morning because you caused the ultimate uprising, the ultimate revolt, the ultimate revolution against the powers in the spiritual realm who've been warring against our soul. And so you sent Jesus Christ and by your will, he died because you wanted to take away the sin of the world. You wanted to forgive everyone in this room's sin. Take it away from them so they could be reconciled to you. You wanted to be so intimate and so close that you wanted to fill every person in here with your spirit, both now and forevermore. And I'm telling you, man, I have all this morning just being in this building for the last few hours, all I could think was I can't believe I get to invite you to receive what I have. I just shared with you the best news that I could ever share, the greatest thing that you could ever hear. And I know when I heard that news, I felt my heart pound. 
pounding inside of me and I no longer wanted things to be as they were but I wanted Jesus Christ to come and make them what they could be but I had to receive him and that's what I'm going to ask you I have no idea but I believe that if Jesus was on the stage this morning he would just look at every one of you and go do you want me? do you want me? do you believe in me? Do you want to receive my death on your behalf so that you'll never experience God's punishment? Do you want to receive my presence of my spirit dwelling inside you and empowering you? And if the answer, if you would like to say this morning, if you would like to say yes to Jesus Christ on Easter, then I'm going to ask you right now, would you just go ahead and stand? If you would love to receive Christ, put your faith in him and receive eternal life today he's inviting every one of you to do that. And if you want to do that, go ahead and stand. Unbelievable. Thank you for having the courage to stand. Sometimes I feel like I want to be gracious to you, but here's what I know, man. When I stood, something changed in my will, and I really did receive him. So I just want to pray for you. You pray with me as I pray for you. God, for everyone who just stood, I pray right now that you would receive their sin right now. Take it away from them. Absolutely forgive it as they receive you, Jesus, into their life by faith. We pray as you come in that they would all of a sudden sense at the deep part of their being the absolute freedom and forgiveness they have in Christ. Praise God for Jesus. That they will never experience your punishment because of this moment. And God, we pray right now that you would fill them with your spirit, that they would sense now your presence like they never had before, and that they will know from this day forward, this is their birthday. This is the day they've received Christ. This is the day they've received eternal life. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, here's, what, here's how we're going to close. Would you guys go ahead and just stand with us? We got just one last song. This was so crazy. About three or four months ago was the first day I actually sat down to think about this day. And when I did, I just hit my iTunes and randomly I had it on random. And this song was the first song that came up. And I remember I heard it for the first time two or three years ago on vacation when I was visiting a church. And I was like, this song is unbelievable. It states everything that we've talked about today. It's going to be our theme song throughout this whole series of how can I be dead to sin? It's because I am risen with Christ. I will rise and live a different life. So we're going to sing this and declare this. But here's what I want to do. And we have to do this quickly. I'm going to walk right out here by this exit. And I'm just going to ask any of you who stood to receive Christ, while we begin this song, would you just come and meet me? Just meet me. I just want to talk to you just for a couple minutes. Would you just come meet me right over here by this exit thing, okay? And the rest of us sing and let's praise God. And I'm just going to meet with you just real quick over here. All right? Let's do it.